Hey, good morning. Good to see everybody. I'm surprised you guys came. It's raining. Thank you all for coming. Tell you one good thing about it raining. I will tell you this. It sounds like people are cheering. So it makes, as a preacher here, to go, oh, wow, I must be doing well. You know, it's kind of one of those things. That's pretty shady. Anyway, hey, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for today and our time together, Lord. Thank you for even the rain, Lord, that's watering the earth right now. We thank you so much, Lord, that we can come before you now and learn about your word, Father, and and apply it to our lives right now, Lord. I pray that the Spirit would fill this place, Lord, Father, and that you would use us, Father, as a church for your glory, Lord. Father, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, guys, today I'm going to be starting a series called This Way. And what I'm going to be doing here is we're going to take the book, uh, the letter of 1 John, and we're going to just do chapter 2 for four weeks, if that's okay with you. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take 27 verses, we're going to break it down, and then we're going to try to apply it to our lives, okay? So that's what we're going to be doing. But next week, I will not be here. I will be here, but I won't be here. Greg Speck will be here. So y'all know Greg Speck? Thank you for being excited for Greg Speck. We'll be sure not to tell him that, you know. Oh, Greg Speck, Greg Speck. He's going to be here next week, and then I'll finish off the rest of May. So let's uh, look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. This is what he says. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which we, in which he walked. So let me give you a little background on this, what's happening. The Apostle John is much older now. This letter was written probably, you know, 80, 90, 95, somewhere like that, way past Christ. Christ has already ascended into heaven. I mean, this is years down the road. Uh, John is much older now. And he is writing this letter to the believers of Asia Minor, Minor, particularly the the church of Ephesus is there. And he's writing these churches because John is concerned for the churches due to heresy coming from false teachers. So there's an issue going on within the church. Uh, They're they're saying things that shouldn't be said. Things are being said. So the churches in Ephesus are here, are constantly... Being, un, being under attack from false teachers. Give me an example. And Paul, Paul said in Acts chapter 20, verses 29 and 30, he said to, this, to the Ephesians, to the elders in particular, he says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So the church of Ephesus in that area had already been dealing with these issues. So they already knew it was there. So John, taking a pastoral role, constructs this letter. And he constructs this letter to encourage and to assure the believers of their salvation. So because as the false teachers were trying to make the believers go the wrong way, 
John is telling them, let's go this way. That's the point of this. John is telling them, telling them, let's go this way. Let's walk this way. So how do we avoid this? How do we as Christians avoid walking in the wrong way, in the wrong direction? This is going to be a weird question. How many people here have a cell phone? Yeah, I know. I know, I know everybody does. I know, I realize that. You know, everybody's got to say, have you ever lost your cell phone? Anybody? A few of you. All right. Okay. The church provides me a phone. Okay. So it's not a good idea to lose it. All right. So I lost my phone and I was worried about it. I was like, oh man, I lost my phone. Well, Julie, my wife's got this whole, uh, find your iPhone thing, right? There should be something that says in there that, hey, it might find your iPhone because it doesn't always work, right? So Julie has the phone and she's like, oh, it's right here. It's down Bailey Station, right by the school. I'm like, great. So I take Julie's phone, I get it in my truck and I'm riding over there. I'm like, man, okay, I'm, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Okay, it's not in the school. It's not in the school. So a teacher did not steal my phone. I know that. So, okay, we're good. So who would have stolen my phone and didn't, gone out to Bailey Station? This is kind of weird, right? So I get out of my truck, cross over a barbed wire fence, into the woods, into the woods. My first thought was, who would steal my phone and throw it in the woods? This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So I'm out in the woods, and I mean, I'm just kind of following it. You know, it's like pointing the little dot at me, and it's like going, okay, and I'm walking. You know, there's like snakes and raccoons and, you know, coyotes all over the place. Not really, but, you know, it's kind of a cool story. And, you know, I'm walking. I'm, I'm like, did someone steal my phone and just throw it out there? So then finally, I'm right on top of my phone. And I'm looking around, and I'm digging through the, I mean, I'm just kind of like looking through the grass and everything. I'm like, who would steal my phone and then dig it in the ground and put it under the ground? This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So I'm like, I'm looking all over, and I'm like, finally, I can't find my phone. It's, no, it's nowhere in here, as the phone is telling me it, it is. So I get in my truck, and I go back, and I tell a couple people in the front, hey, you see my phone? Anybody see my phone? Anybody see my phone? It says it's over there, you know. And they're like, oh, we don't know, Dave, but we'll pray about it, you know, and all this. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, and all this. And so I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Finally, I go back to my office. And I had already let my kids scour my office. I'm like, kids, you probably lost my phone. Find it. So they looked everywhere. I mean, all over my office. Man, they're flipping over everything, everything. They're looking over everywhere. Couldn't find it. So finally, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, what? Who would want to steal my phone? So I go over to Sam Wiley's office. Is it over there? I'm like, is it in Sam Wiley's office? No, it wasn't in anybody's office. Anybody have my phone by any chance? So finally I'm sitting there and I kind of back away from my desk, kind of frustrated. You know, I'm like, man, what, what's, what's going on? And all of a sudden I see a little glimmer of light glistening under my desk. My phone was sitting there under my desk. Now, I don't know if my desk is made out of wood and for some reason it doesn't, you know, I don't know what it was. But let me tell you something. Just because your phone and you have all these things to point you in the right direction doesn't always point you in the right direction. It does not always point you where you're supposed to go. So how do we avoid walking in the wrong way? Anybody ever just walk in the wrong way? Anybody ever lose directions? Absolutely. Does anybody here like to ask for directions? I do. I do, because I'm like, I'm not stupid enough to sit there and go, I'm just going to look and drive around, and I don't know where I'm going. No, just ask someone, guys. Just ask someone. Swallow your pride. 
So here's how do we avoid walking the wrong way. You ready? Number one, we should walk with the understanding that we will sin. Now think about that. We should walk with the understanding that we will sin. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin, but if, you, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is a propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the world. Here's what he's saying. I don't want you to sin. He's saying, I don't want you to sin, but when you sin, Jesus will come alongside you. He will be your advocate. He will turn away God's wrath, propitiation, by being the atoning sacrifice. He's going to do that for you. So the reason John says, hey, this is because of what is happening in the church. He's saying these things because what is going on in the church. So false teachers were pointing people in the wrong direction about sin. Now think about that. They're pointing in the wrong direction about sin. Let me give you an example. 1 John chapter 1, it's right there, verse 6. He says, if we, if we say we have fellowship with him while, walking, while, while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. So false teachers were claiming that you could have fellowship with God and that you could walk in darkness or you could walk in sin. Now think about that. You're walking along in your Christian walk, but yet you're living completely like a heathen, and it's okay. That's what they're claiming. You can profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and still live the way you want. You can be righteous without living righteously, is what he's saying. And that's what was happening within the church. That was the one group. There was another group, 1 John 1, 8, that were saying this. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So here's what's happening. False teachers were claiming to be without sin. Now imagine that. If anyone ever comes to you and says, I am without sin, you can go, yeah, you're a liar and walk away. I mean, that's pretty much it. Has anybody ever sinned in here? Anybody? A few of you. That's good. Thank you for your honesty. So here's what's happening. These folks thought, the ones that were saying were no sin, they were saying basically, hey, that we're on another spiritual level. We're on a spiritual height that none of y'all are in. Y'all are not there because we don't even sin at all. We are without sin. We are sinless perfection, you might say. That's what they were saying. So, so you can see that there is some confusion within the church now. And John has to do something about it. Group one, is, group one is saying, hey, you can have fellowship with Christ and still walk in sin. Or group two is you can be a, a, a so spiritual that you can be without sin. But then there was a third group. 1 John 1.10 says this, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So the third group, the false teachers were basically claiming they have never sinned, that they were incapable of sinning. So you got one group saying, hey, you can have fellowship with God and still sin, and it's okay. You have one group saying, hey, you don't understand. We're so spiritual. We're at such a different level that we're without sin. And then you got another group of going, hey, we're so awesome that we're incapable of ever sinning. That's a lie. Amen. We're going to sin. 
we're going to sin. John says if you, if you follow this thought, if you follow this way, that hey, here's what's happening. We lie and we do not practice the truth. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We make him a liar and his word is not in us. So John corrects him by saying, hey, you are going to sin. Now get this. Not only are you going to sin, but there's a 100% guarantee that you will sin. So what exactly? Why do we need to understand this, church? Why do we need to understand that, yeah, I need to understand that I'm going to be, that I'm going to sin? Why do we need to understand this? First of all, it shows our dependence on Christ. It shows our dependence on Christ. Remember, Jesus is the advocate. He's the one, he's going in for our defense. He's the one, he's the lawyer coming beside us going, yeah, I know he's guilty. I know, but I'm coming in for him. I know he's guilty. He's the propitiation. He's, he takes away God's wrath. He's, he's, he's appeasing God with this wrath. I mean, he's appeasing him. He's going, okay, God, I'll take the wrath on. It shows our dependence on Christ. We need to stop walking around so independently like we've got this all figured out. I don't know about y'all. I'm 43 years old. I still haven't figured it out. I've been a Christian for maybe 24 years. Still have not figured this out. Still. I'm just like every one of you trying to walk along going, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Show me what to do. I know I'm a sinner. I understand it. I know that. Lord, help me to be dependent on you and who you are and not on myself and not on myself. Not only it shows our dependence on Christ, but it diminishes our pride. It diminishes our pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Anybody here prideful by any chance? Anybody? Any takers? Few of you. Thank you. Thank you for that. There's a few of you who are prideful. Really? Okay. Yeah. Get this. I found this quote. Pride is the only disease known to man that makes everyone sick except the person who has it. No wonder you don't know your private. You're like, of course it's not me. It's all them. You see, when we walk in humility, when we walk in humility, when we know what we have been saved from, when we know what we have been saved from, a sinner saved by grace must leave pride at the foot of the cross. You know, I said earlier, we got to just swallow our pride. You know what? Don't swallow your pride. That's ridiculous. That doesn't even make any sense. You know, take the pride that you have and just put it at the, fall, at the feet, foot of the cross and just walk away. And just walk away. A sinner saved by grace must leave pride at the foot of the cross. So it diminishes our pride. But also it directs us to confess our sins. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? I understand that I'm a sinner. I get it. Okay, now what should I do now? When you understand that you are a sinner, you can confess it. As a believer in Christ, you can confess your sins. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, I like how he says, if. If we confess our sins, that means you are going to sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So now that we understand, okay, we're going to sin. It's going to happen. There's a 100% guarantee that I am going to sin, and Christ can forgive me and will forgive me of my unrighteousness. Then what's next? Watch this. John says, 
Now walk this way. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Look what he says. And by this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So if you want to understand what do I do next, I don't want to avoid going the wrong way, here's what you do. We should walk obeying his commands. We should walk obeying his commands. So when you know Jesus Christ as Savior, what do you do? You're supposed to obey his commands, church. Me included, we're all supposed to obey his commands. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of us, we are able to pursue the things of God. And this is the true test. I believe one of the true tests for Christians today is, do we obey? Do we obey? John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, what? You will keep my commandments. Think about that. If you love me, Jesus says, you will keep my commands. That word keep there means to guard. It means to hold on to, to be observant. So as we walk this life, as we're living our lives on a daily basis, his commands are close to our hearts. We're living in a spirit of obedience to his commands. So you're probably sitting here today and going, what commands am I supposed to do? Right? What am I supposed to do? I'm in church every Sunday. I go all the time. I'm in Bible study. I'm in this. I'm in this. God, what do you want me to do exactly? Is anybody like that? Because I feel like that. I'm like, just tell me what to do. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Everybody knows it. I bet you know it. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Watch. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Hey, I've got a great idea for this. You want to hear it? I've got a great idea. You ready? Why don't we, as a church, listen, as a church, as Central, why don't we go reach the lost? Amen. Oh my God, what? Novel idea. Let's go reach the lost. You know what I'm finding really easy to do? Let's go talk to people that already go to church somewhere and ask them to go to church with us. Are we supposed to do that? No. Now listen, folks. I've got people that, you know, you know, people, you know, you get recognized after a while. I had someone recently, listen to this. They know I'm one of the pastors here. They come up to me and go, hey, you got to come to our church. <laughs> I'm not kidding, y'all. I am not kidding me. I, I'm serious. I, I almost lost my religion. I'm telling you. I almost lost. I was like, oh my goodness. I can't believe this person's even asking me. She even knows that I'm one of the pastors here at church. And I politely said, look, that might be kind of weird because I'm one of the pastors at another church. Now, folks, let me tell you something. It's so much easier just to go talk to other Christians, to talk to other church people and go, hey, why don't you just come to our church and proselyte them and grab them? No, you know what? Well, the command is that we should go out and reach the lost. That's what we should be doing. There are lost people in this area. Believe me, they are. They're here. They're all over the place. Let's go out and reach them. That's one of the commands. That's one of the commands that we should be obeying. But then there's another one. John 13, 34, 35. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
this is obvious. This is kind of one of those, yeah, of course, I'm supposed to love. But let me ask you this, are we obeying that command? As Christians, are we obeying the command? Are we loving one another? Are we loving other churches? Are we loving other Christians and other believers around us? We have to love. And these are the most basic commands from the Lord. Are we guarding this? Are we holding on to just these two commands alone? Are we living them out? Look, I got four kids and I love them. And I know you have kids. Some of y'all have kids. But you ever wonder why they don't ever obey you? You ever notice that? They just don't, they just don't obey you, you know? You know, I keep thinking, you know, Mike and I were talking to y'all. Oh, I thought you were the only one who had perfect kids. No, you know, it's, they just don't obey, right? You know, it's, it's in the Bible, Ephesians 6, 1 says, Parents, children, obey your parents for in the Lord, for this is right. We've even told our kids that. Hey, look, you're supposed to obey us. Obey, obey. But, it, hey, you know what? We're just like, oh, like little children, right? We all, we're, we're sinners, we don't always obey God like we're supposed to. It doesn't always happen. So if we will not, if, if, when, we will not walk the wrong way when we obey his commands. Let me tell you something. If you're obeying God's commands, you know what? You're not going to walk in the wrong way. You're not going to lose direction. You're going to walk in the right way. But thirdly, we should walk in love. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5, But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we, know, we may know that we are in him. Of course, this makes complete sense. If I keep his commands, if I keep his commandments, I'm going to walk in his love. When we keep his commands, i.e. loving one another, going out and making disciples, then God's love is perfected in us. Love is the outcome of the obedience. Love is the outcome. So God's love comes out of us in action, not just in words. See, husbands, you can tell your wife all you want or your girlfriend or whatever. Oh, I love you. No, you don't understand. I love you. You know, you can even get sappy with it. You know, no, no, I really love you. You know, no, you don't understand. You know, but here's the thing. I've learned something about being a husband. This is the deal. You want to know when my wife goes, that man really loves me. You know when? When I do the dishes. <laughs> yep, when I do the dishes. You know, when she's off doing something and I, and I uh, you know, suddenly go, maybe a good idea to do the dishes because that's exactly what I want to do right now. <laughs> no. I'll do the dishes. And then when she comes home, she's like. I love you. And I love you more than you know right now, Dave. You are being such a good husband. On the other hand, there's this. When I don't do the dishes and they're piled up in the sink. And I'm laying on the couch like a complete loser. You know. <laughs> doing that. And she comes home and she's like, <laughs> look at the dishes. Look at this. Look at the sink. You did not think to get up and maybe 
Maybe just get your lazy self up and do the dishes for me. Don't you love me? See, my actions, sometimes it's just the actions. I got to just show her every now and then that I love her by doing the dishes. Now, gentlemen, don't ever do this. Don't ever do this. You go, well, honey, why don't you show me you love me and go mow the yard? Why don't you show me that? Never done, I have never done that. I'm just warning you now, don't ever do it. And if you are a husband and you do that, I, I don't have the word for you. I don't, I really, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's just terrible. It's just so bad. It's just so bad. Well, guys, Julie and I and our kids, we're going to go on the mission trip. We're going to the Navajo mission trip here in about a month or so. And, uh, you know, Julie and I are like, well, what are we going to do? You know, we got, we got to pay for it, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And so we decided we're going to go talk to some people and go, hey, you know, Julie and I, we're going on this mission trip, and, and, and we're bringing all of our kids, and it's going to be great, and we're going to be sleeping in tents, and, you know, there's coyotes and rattlesnakes and scorpions, you know, and all that stuff. We tell our kids that, you know, they're, you know, freaking out about it. And it, we're, this is where we're going. We're going to go do this, and we go tell this particular class, and we're going, hey, guys, this is what we're doing, and, you know, we want your prayers, and maybe a little bit of your moolah, you know, whatever. And, you know, we're, so we're going, we're doing all that, you know, we're kind of playing the game with them and everything, and they're so sweet and everything, and... I do all that, and we come to church last week, and like 30 minutes later, I get a text on my phone. And they said, they're paying for it. Your whole trip is being paid for. Now watch this. Watch this. This is the cool part. This is the cool part. I talked to one of them later, and this is what she said. She goes, I want you to know we're doing this because we love you. Because we love you. I thought, man, I was like, I was like, that's it right there. It's love. It's your action. You're actually doing something. You're in some action here showing that you actually love. And that's just one aspect of it. Church, if you really want to prove your Christianity, you've got to love. You've got to love. Jesus says in Matthew uh, 44, he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. And, who, and, and for the, pray for those who persecute you. Danny Atkins says this, that God's love achieves its purpose when we keep his word. When we keep his word. Church, we're to walk in love. We're to live out love to others. This is what Augustine said. He says, what does it look like? It has hands to help, feet to hasten to the poor and needy, eyes to see misery and want." Ears to hear the sighs and sorrows of man. That is what love looks like. That is what love, love looks like. It's got to put, we've got to put some action to the love. We can't just verbalize it all the time. Number four, and this is the easiest one or maybe the hardest one of all. We should walk like Jesus. How about that one? 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Do we look like Jesus when we walk, church? Do we look like Jesus when we walk? That's the question. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 
John Stott says that we cannot claim to live in him unless we behave like him. We cannot claim to live in him unless we behave like him. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now here's the thing, I'm saying this. Because one thing I've learned, and we we have all learned this, someone is going to let you down. Someone is going to let you down in Christianity. It is bound, it's going to happen, it's a guarantee that someone is going to let you down. So if you can't find anyone, necessarily you go, oh, that person let me down. Well, that person over there let me down. That person let me down. They're letting me down. I'm letting my own self down. Everybody's letting everybody down. Then here's what you do. You stop looking at everybody else and you imitate Jesus Christ. Imitate him and stop worrying about everything else. You imitate Jesus Christ. That's what he wants us to do. Obey his commands. Love one another. Live like him. That's the way we should go. That's the direction we're supposed to go. So walk this way. Walk with the understanding that you are gonna, you're going to sin. Don't mope around and be like, I'm such a sinner. Yeah, we know that. We're all sinners. But by, driven by the Holy Spirit, you can walk and obey His commands. Amen. You can walk in love, guided by the Spirit. And you can walk and look just like Jesus. If you want to, if you obey his commands, look like Jesus. So which way are you walking, church? Are you walking with the Lord in the light? Or are you running to the darkness? Are you running to the darkness? The best way for believers in Jesus Christ is to walk with Jesus Christ. That's the best way. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because here's the thing. If you claim to know him, if you claim to know him, then you must live like him. And I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself. We've got to live like him. And if you don't know him today, we're going to have pastors here at the front. They want to tell you about Jesus Christ and what he has done for you and what he can do for you and how to teach you and show you how to walk the right way. Because that's what God wants us to do. That's what he wants Central Church to do, is to walk in the right direction. That's our job. That's our goal. That's the commands of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you again for today. Thank you so much for your word, Lord. Father, how it hits our hearts. Father, it convicts us, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to understand that we're going to be sinners. Yes, But Father, teach us to walk in obedience. Teach us to walk in love. Teach us to walk like your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for anyone here today that doesn't know you, Lord. They would come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Father. That they would give up their pride. They would give up themselves, Father, and give their lives to you today, Lord. Thank you again, Lord. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.